Got so many strongest soldiers, so it's never over Even if you need someone to hold you to keep your composure Even on the days you're moving slower and can't seem to focus You were meant for greatness and you know it, you just gotta show it Know you questioned life a couple times, but it's okay you growing Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay you on it Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes All you ever do is smile cause they make you worth it Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it Welcome kings and queens to One Sick B Podcast. Here at One Sick B, we don't cry, we thrive. We don't whine, we whine. Remember the definition of One Sick B is a strong individual that faces or fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. Today, I have a One Sick B I cannot wait to certify. He is an agent of gratitude named Ken. He is a podcast host. He is a primary progressive warrior. He is also an educator. He also is an influencer. And look out, he is a make waver. Welcome, Ken. How are you today? Yo, I am excellent. I stay swinging and banging on the ones and twos. Quinn, what is the deal? What's up? What's going on? Let's get into it. Let's, let's go off. Uh, we're going to get into um, the Agent of Gratitude, his uh, podcast later on. But right now, I want to know how have you been doing during COVID? Because COVID has been such an awkward time for us with autoimmune diseases and just the awkward time as a whole. And what do you think about the vaccine? And have you got the vaccine? Or how do you feel about the vaccine? Okay, number one, yes. Yes, yes, I have the vaccine. Not only am I fully vaccinated and got vaccinated as soon as I could, I don't have health care and got vaccinated. And man, I already got two of the three kids vaccinated. My my, my oldest is 19, so she do her own thing. But yeah, I, I got two of the three kids. The only one who is not vaccinated is my eight-year-old because she is too young. Other than that, yes, I'm all the way vaccinated. We have vaccinated family. And yo, man, we, um, when it comes down to this to this coronavirus, I'm scared of it. I'm worried about it. Our kids are going to school for the first time since the coronavirus hit. So when it dropped last year and kids were pulled out, we never sent them back because we were all the way we were all the way terrified. You know that daddy might get sick and daddy might not make it. Now we got these vaccinations all out the way. The kids have been out the, out of school now for going on about a year and a half. So now they're going back. I had to let them go back. Because number one, I have a 10th grader. And man, he was, I'm not studying the kids and all the talk about kids and their social environment and everything. Because to right. me, they talk so much with everybody face-to-face on these platforms and whatnot. And they still see their cousins and everything. So I wasn't worried right. about that too much. But when it comes down to the real athletics, like my son is in 10th grade and wants to play football, basketball. I can't find a substitute for that. So we have found a black, we have found a black owned remote school owned by black, owned by black people. It was a king and a queen on different continents. So like one was in Belize, one was in somewhere in Africa. So another one was somewhere in Indonesia. And the fourth one was, I, I, I think Australia, but there's four black people all from Houston, Texas, started up their own remote school. They were all former teachers and they've been doing this for a couple of years. So. We jumped the kids in. We jumped the kids in into that, and they have they have African martial arts, all type of awesome stuff. Oh, that's but, awesome! For real. Yeah, they got African hair braiding, all types of all types of awesome what? stuff. 
that works out for my daughters who are in who were sixth grade and second grade. For this for that boy though, yo, this it, it, it's only so much that that uh that you could tell this this ninth grader standing looking looking at this dog on screen talking about doing this and this he high and all this type of shit. And he was like, man, no, no, I'll just do push-ups. I'll just do push-ups because I'm going back to football. So, but yeah, the kids are back now, got getting vaccinated, and that's the way it go. Crazy story is um I'm I'm a former teacher, and so my students always come through. Not always, my students started coming up to visit me and everything. I was I taught for 16 years. One of my kids came by last weekend. He was over here in tears. He's 21 now, brought his wife. She's oh. expecting that, yeah, expecting a second kid. That's awesome. Yeah, got him, got his two year old wow. with him. They, you know, it, and it's the second time visiting the house as he brought his brought his little team with him. I'm like, hell yeah, cool beans. And he's crying because his mother just passed of COVID comp complications. She caught COVID from he and the kids and the family because the baby got the baby got got COVID. The two year old got COVID. We gave it to them, and who ended up giving it to the mom a few months ago, oh. and it's months later, and she ends up passing with complications, and now you bring your ass over here to see me, your your favorite teacher who's sick as hell and ain't got no damn health care. Like, damn, god damn. But you know, so I got to open the doors up, hug them, and everything. Yo, I got to show you all the love, man, all the love, because I appreciate somebody just spending energy to right, come thinking see me. of you. Yeah. yeah, just coming to see me like like that, like that. That empowered me. That made me feel like I'm somebody. Like, yo. No, that's a great feel. That means you did your job well and you yeah. resonated with him for him to yep. come back All and see you. And uh, All of it. You, you left an impression on him. You also had left an impression on me. So let's dig into it. And uh, why don't you take me back to when you were diagnosed, what your symptoms were, and if previously before that, you now think that maybe, hey, I did have multiple sclerosis the whole time. So I was diagnosed in October 2000, October 10th, 2016. And when I got diagnosed, I knew exactly what it was when they told me it was multiple sclerosis. Because I go in and see a neurologist and then um, when I go into her office and I'm hobbling bad, I mean, I'm my, my walk is bad at this point like if people are often telling me how bad my walk is i'm struggling with the walk but i don't have a cane anything i'm determined to do shit on my own i'm i'm thinking i'm out of shape i'm going i'm going to see um i've been going to see workout people you, trainers and everything signing up for gym 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 sponsorships kept thinking of something i kept hoping it was something with me i had even told my wife at one point she was a nurse i said yo i think either i got ms or i got parkinson's and she was like no it can't be and what happened was we went on vacation. I have, I'm a school teacher. I had just retired from school teaching because I'm losing my, I'm walking bad. I'm hurting all the time. I'm flipping out. I'm, um, I'm going crazy. I'm having these emotional breakdowns. It, it, it was ugly in 2016. So I retired from teaching yeah. in the middle of school year. I retired right after Christmas break, 2016. So it's January. I ended up retiring. I started doing real estate. I'm thinking, I think bump it. Real estate insurance. I'm going to start making money. I'm doing that. And in the first six months, I make more than my entire, I make more than my entire teacher salary in the first six months. So, I mean, we rocking and rolling. We bought a new house that I'm sitting in right now and we go on vacation. We're on vacation in Costa Rica. And I fell through a solid and I fell through a glass table, shattered it everywhere. People are screaming, oh my God, he's it. 
and somehow I didn't I didn't get scratched, like I didn't get cut, and I'm falling through this glass table, but yeah, I couldn't pick that. myself up, and um, that was the last time I actually walked without assistance. So from there, my brothers had to drag me up to the room. The next day, we're just thinking maybe I was just drunk or something like that. But it was that was it. So from the rest of the, that trip, I had to always get assistance, touch walls, shoulders. People had to hold my arm up to get me walk. People think like, you must have hurt your legs. I'm like, I hope so. My wife thought I actually had had a stroke. So when we get back, we see the neurologist right away and walk to the neurologist's office. She tells me, <laughs> show the walk. She says, Oh my God, you must have had MS. What twenty years? It's good to meet you. And I said, yo, that's not what I'm here for. I don't have right. MS. And she looked, she said, oh, I'm sorry. You must be here to get tested for MS. What? Yeah, I'm here to get tested. No, I'm not even here to get tested for MS. I'm here because I don't know what, because I, I hurt my legs. I fell on, on right. vacation. And um, a few days, a week later, found out it is multiple sclerosis. So that was my diagnosis, October. And six months later, I had done three different medications. My lesions had gone from 16 lesions on the brain and five on the spine to 12 on the spine. And she stopped counting at 54 lesions on the brain. She said it was too many. I stopped counting at 54. She said, obviously, the um, the tisabri, the different things are making everything, are, are multiplying it. Plus that you have, um, I was then I was JC, I was JC positive. So I had to take me off, off all the meds. And I asked her about, cannabis for medication and she told me no and actually reported me for being a drug user to the pain medic to the pain clinic so i couldn't go there to the pain clinic so at that point i went from six months on all these medications and everything and feeling bad looking worse 240 pounds i mean I, I i'm struggling and i have not had a medication since i have not had a prescription drug i don't even take tylenol anymore i don't tell all i take are the different wellness type stuffs and dietary all that all that type of shit i have um the only medication i take now is my mom gives me her she has she, my mom has um arthritis so she gives me her her 800 milligram anti-inflammatories and i have a, like i've had but these are here expired like 2000 these are here expired 2020 and i still take these because they still work i take these whenever i have optic neuritis Right. That was my question to you. How do you feel about, um, you kind of dove into it. How do you feel about uh, the can the use of marijuana, uh, herbal CBD or THC marijuana products far as for holistic approach to helping us? So when it comes to your sis, man, I could talk all day about that type of stuff. So I am big into, not a, I'm big into the cannabis. And once I went this route, so in 2000, March 1st, 2017 was my last time seeing a doctor. That was the day all that shit happened and she reported me. There. I ended up having a tremor in her doctor's office. I was, I was under so much stress. And they reported me. I had a tremor in her, on her, on the table, fell off and she stood there and my wife was there. Which, so my wife was trying to help me out, trying to help, trying to take care of me. And the, the doctor, she's watching and she says, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? And I'm on the floor shaking and shit with like a full blown tremor. And you'd have reported me for being a, bit, for a being drug, a user. drug abuser. Yeah, the whole it all it all it was it was terrible. It all looked bad. So, um, <clears throat> oh shit, I forgot what the question was, sis. I apologize. Um, you were answering. I just asked, uh, do you believe in it? And you were saying that uh, 
you uh, so after, you, had, you were thinking after, about it, you got the accident, yep. and then the, you were going into why you do or you don't believe. So after that, cannabis became a real. I've been a weed smoker my whole life. I've been a weed smoker since I mean since middle school. I've been a weed smoker. I didn't become a cannabis user believer. Like I was until that to until we went to we went Christmas 2017. I'm off the medications. I'm struggling with I'm struggling with, with some things. And the queen looks at me and says, yo, you know what? <clears throat> let's just go and go to um let, let's go to Colorado and check out what this what the what the what the legal is what the medical grade cannabis is all about. So we went to Colorado. <clears throat> whole family trip took the kids and everything we went to cannabis shops and everything explained to the kids like look daddy is gonna start smoking like your daddy's gonna start smoking cannabis like this is gonna be it i had a high school they had a high school at that point a middle schooler two elementary kids um great communication. so yeah so i learned all i learned we spent that we spent about 10 days in colorado and we went to different cannabis shops the whole i'm the patches, the oils, the shit you put on your tongue, the sprays, the drops, the tablets, yeah. everything cannabis that I could try, we tried for different types okay. of shit. So when we come back, I'm in Texas where it's not legal. And uh, at this point now, I just have relationships with the dudes who actually grow it and do different shit with it. And that's how I keep up with my medical cannabis now. But now I use it. I keep strains of sativa. I keep strains of indica. I know which ones are what. I use them for different reasons. I right. do. Um, we have we we actually go to the we actually go to the herb stores. We buy shit like lavender, chamomile, uh, rose petals, all the uh, mint, and we mix that in with with the cannabis too. So if I'm struggling to sleep at night, we finna then we finna get an indica, and we're gonna take some lavender, some chamomile, put all that together, and make a J out of that, and smoke out of that. And since so, that, I've learned to, um, I no longer even smoke out of like whole cigarettes. I don't even use papers when I smoke anymore. All I use are pipes because I've learned over these years of, of excess. I, I smoke so much with this now. I've learned using the cigars, the papers, the pipe, all that type of shit was, was just a waste of weed. I'm wasting weed. Whenever you spend, start spending real money on this shit, you spend, whenever you start spending shit like 250 for an ounce, you learn yeah. now. Let me slide this in the pipe and get and get the real effect of it. I don't need no cigar to it, none of that type of shit to it. Plus, that's cleaner and healthier for you if you take all this cigar shit out of it. Now, um, going through uh, this uh, recognition and diagnosis and understanding, how were people, friends, family around you? Uh, what Ooh. was your support like? Um, because some people have a mix. You know, they have their family. They have some friends who fall yeah. off. What kind of was your environment at the time? I have so I got my brothers, my 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 brothers, my sister, of course, are going to support you because they all smoke too. But um, when it comes to no, I mean not smoking, just about the diagnosis. When it comes to the diagnosis, when it comes to the diagnosis, my mom has been. uh, My mother is everything when it comes to diagnosis like your mom is going to be the one who asks the questions about you ask you tough questions about it my mom is the one i often have to lie about it too because i know like she can't help with it like if i get she asks me all the tough questions that i want to have discussions with but so i can't tell it to you because if i tell it to you you're yeah. in tears you break it down you yeah, it, it, you know it, yeah, it hurts you 
it hurts us so much that I can't deal with it my damn self. So yeah, yeah man, this um so with that to answer the question comes the answer of is complicated. You got your family and friends who super duper support you, who super duper support you, but they don't know how to support you. So I got I got I got best friends who do every they are everything for me, man. Like I wouldn't I would not be in this chair right now if it wasn't for them. At the same time, they have no idea how to talk to me. And they constantly hit me with these insults and these low balls and these hurtful things. And you, they have no idea how much. And you try to explain to people like, yo, you, you, you can't say this shit to me. Like, don't talk to me like that. And they're so wrapped up in, no, nah, oh, man, oh, quit me a little low bitch now. You know what I'm saying? Come blah, blah, blah. Yo, no, dog. It's not that I'm being a bitch now. Like, you can't say that. Nigga, I'm sick as yeah. fuck now, dog. Like, I, yeah. you can't say this type of shit to me. Like, you can't yeah, say this shit about mental illness to me. You yeah. can't you can't challenge my anxiety and tell me that I'm being yeah. a bitch because I'm having an anxiety attack. Dog, yeah. I am, like, this is... Um, yeah, this is totally... It's yeah. a different level. It's a different understanding. Um, and that's something when you're communicating with people who have not had to deal with mental illness. Personally, I wouldn't say far as family members because personal uh, or had to deal with a major um, situation or something catastrophic in their life that they can't put themselves in that situation. Uh, it falls under sympathy and empathy. And sometimes it's um, our upbringing, especially in our community, uh, as far as the statement of you saying, uh, basically like, man up, you know, you, you know, you acting like a little bitch. Well, see, no, you can't say that to me for the simple fact that this battle that I'm enduring, this pain that I'm going through, this journey that my brain is psychologically going over and over and over, cycling, trying to fit how I felt previous 10 minutes ago to how I feel now, to how I felt yesterday, to how I feel now, how to, I could stand up straight three days before, but today I can't even sit up and get up and go use the restroom is a hard thing and I yeah. don't think people are mindful of that so I feel like people need to be mindful and this is an example of please be mindful of the things that you're saying to people saying to us with these autoimmune diseases we didn't ask for this uh we didn't ask to get drafted in this, this you know I say God gives his strongest soldiers the toughest battles we didn't ask to be drafted in this but now that we're in it we're gonna fight yeah so I'm going to lead into, because you said, um, what is your strength with MS? What do you think your, what strengths do you think have came out of this? And what else is a weakness for you? Let's start by weaknesses. Um, I recently spoke to you on a podcast episode and we talked about weaknesses and I told you that timing and bladder and uh, maybe vision are some of the things. And of course we forgot cognitive, but what are some of the ones that are heavy for you on your heart? And what are some of the things that are your strengths about MS? What gave you, what part of MS gave you your strength? So when it comes to the weaknesses, the biggest weakness of the MS is going to be the bladder issue, the inability to control your, to control your number ones, your number twos, your number threes, your farts, anything, anything of that nature. With that also comes everything with that. It's the changing of the clothes. It's having to have stuff around. It's watching the drip. It's all of that mental stuff with it. After that, 
my biggest issue with it with the multiple sclerosis is one of those complicated one of the complicated illnesses that come with it so with my ms came comes the diagnosis of spondylosis and spondylosis is like the um it's, it's where my spine is degenerating along with all the holes and lesions in the spine so because of that i have in 2016 i was diagnosed with um six herniated discs and six bulging discs so on a day-to-day -day basis i feel more pain in my back it's more um it's more it's more issues with my back that affect my movement i'm at the point now where of course my legs are shot and um I rarely ever feel all my fingers on the left hand. So I'm left hand, like even today, I, I can feel I can feel two fingers. The whole left hand goes in and out. My strengths with this come from my gratitude journal. And with that gratitude journal, I started writing a couple of years ago. The gratitude journal is where you write your three things you're grateful for, but you also write why you are grateful but so you just can't say you're grateful that the kids are healthy you just can't say you're grateful because it's a pretty day or because you woke up you got to say why you woke up that made it such a goddamn me grateful thing to say so i got to say something like i'm grateful i woke up because today i plan on taking my kids outside to play i'm grateful that it is sunny outside because it was too cold yesterday and it caused a tremor like i actually got to put the whole little things with it that way Make when we read it next, yeah, when you, and we read again next week, next month, I've had mine now going for a couple of years now. So when you reread things like on a bad day, as you flip through, you can see like, oh, shit, I forgot that was, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a good time. Just reading back through your own good memories changes your whole current <laughs> attitude. It changes your whole current perspective. You're able to get through that little moment. And then you might need to I come agree. back to it a few hours later, but, and that becomes a strength. I can actually, before I got sick like this, I used to always read about manifesting and projecting things and believing stuff to be true. And, you know, like, like the, um, the three, six, nine method of writing, writing it three times, six times. I used to always read all that time. And I thought it was absolute bullshit. I thought meditation was absolute bullshit. I thought talking to the ancestors was absolute bullshit. Seeing all this stuff when you meditate was absolute bullshit. And now that I do it, and I'm a couple of years, I'm two and a half years into doing meditation every day, like all that has changed now. And I see that all of that can work. I see all these different types of wellness that can work. So the strengths would definitely be that gratitude, Jonah, because I'm able to, like, I'm, I can control my, like, I don't give a damn how bad it gets, what a hard discussion is. I can still find something to be grateful for and why. And that doesn't make me get trapped in the negativity of whatever it is I'm currently going through. So what advice would you give a, I wanna be specific because uh, I feel like I know I have different uh, followings, white, black, Mexican, Chinese, what would you give to, what advice would you give to a minority male who wasn't taught to speak up, announce his feelings, and has been diagnosed recently or presently is diagnosed and said they have nowhere to turn to? Um, you can also put in your uh, 
throw out shout out your podcast and your information is also uh but what advice would you give to somebody a young minority male who's just found this out or has had it and says hey yo i'm happy that you're doing good and the gratitude journal works for you but i don't have nothing to be thankful for right now this ain't nothing good okay i woke up but i woke up and i don't feel i still feel like crap but what's the point of waking up and we got to wake up like this every day i don't want to be bothered with that that could be actually male or female what advice would you give them i would tell you start with water you start mm -hmm. with taking care of yourself by drinking more water before you even get into the gratitude journal thinking you can fix your own mindset you have got to drink more water because we grow up thinking to ourselves it's about getting eight glasses of water a day it's not about eight glasses of water a day it's more than eight glasses of water that we actually need and once you break that very first stereotype that very first mental hurdle of Shit, let me stop drinking more water and take better care of myself. Because with the better water, with the more water, comes taking better care of yourself. That opens you up to maybe gratitude journals and doing all types of other things. But the first thing I would tell a young person is, Doug, you got to drink more water, man. And if you come at me about how much you're going to the restroom, I'm going to tell you, good, because you pissing out all the bad shit piss it out drink more water that i would tell the, i would tell the young queens that because more than anything like i tell my own daughters that improves your skin tone that improves your skin quality is getting that water in that refreshes all that stuff with the skin i don't know i don't know anything about makeup i don't know anything about eyelashes i don't know what damn thing about lipstick none of that but i can tell you this if you don't drink water, your lips are more than chapped and crusty and looking like a sidewalk. Your whole skin becomes ashy. Your whole face becomes ashy. Like, you got to drink more water. And I tell that to girls and I tell that to boys because it starts there. Once you get that first hurdle to start drinking more water, then you open yourself up to bigger dietary changes and doing other things. But yeah, when it first starts out, because I already know coming to young people, because I know if I came to my damn self, at 19, 20, whenever I, I didn't get diagnosed until I was 37, 36, 37. So I, I know if I came to myself at, at 19, 20, I'm not trying to hear a gratitude journal. It's too many things out here in the world going on for me to give a damn about a gratitude journal. You, I, But I have a much better chance of talking to my younger self about drinking water. Not about making my younger self stop drinking liquor as much. Not about making myself watch the smoker and a watch to a hang with but i know i could talk to my young self about just drink more water that's gonna make should i i could tell my younger self if you drink more water then the hangover will not hit you as hard and i know my younger self listening to that because you hate a hangover because that make you look bad in front of girls and the homeboys so i know i'll listen to that but it starts out with just drinking more water man get that first step in that's that's the very first baby step i would call it water water yeah water water I, mean, I was speaking to you earlier even if i drink liquor now i would go liquor and water great if i got some ice with it but i don't even need a mixer like that if i'm gonna go liquor i gotta go water gotta go yeah. water so this um part i want you to um he has a podcast 
Um, he's the agent of gratitude. And I want you to fill me in on this concept and all about it. So what I am is the agent of gratitude. And that comes from what we're talking about right now. I can talk all damn day about that gratitude journal. I make my kids do gratitude journals. I've convinced homeboys to do gratitude journals. My mama has a gratitude journal. My father won't get one yet because he, whatever. I'm all about that gratitude journal now. So when it comes to the podcast, the podcast is called Disabled But. And it's supposed to be disabled, but what else are you got going on? You are grateful. You got your gratitude. You're independent. Are you starting your own business? Are you raising your kids? It just is just disabled. But what else? Because we are so much more than we are so much more than just our disabilities, our illness. So that's where the disabled but podcast comes from. And then from there, you just put the two together. I call myself the agent of gratitude because I'm always talking about gratitude. And that's how I get over the hard time with my disabilities and my limitations. So disabled, but grateful. And I just leave it at disabled, but. And what I do is I like to, the part my podcast, I can't lie, is mainly about me and my damn shenanigans. All the nonsense I do. Everything from my wellness tips on water and all the different concoctions I make to smoke with. Because it's more than just the lavender and chamomile. I'm right. talking about how we use mint, we smoke mint, and which kinds of, which types of cannabis I roll up with my mint to make my stomach aches go away. We have, um, if I'm struggling to pee a lot, then there's a certain, there, I think it's red, I think it's red, clo it's red clover and another one I have, and I roll that up with indica, and I have an easier time, I have an e easier time going to go pee. So I'll talk about stuff like that. I talk about the antics that we had when we were in Ecuador and yo queen I have not done my episode over Ecuador yet because I keep mapping it I want the kids to be with us on the episode I want the wife to be with the episode because Ecuador was like my version of heaven on earth I'm in an area where it's 70 to 90 degrees the entire every day of the year 70 to 90 we were there for two weeks at the end of July and the temperature stayed between 75 and like 83 which means it was nonstop beach weather. And on top of that, there's a nonstop ocean breeze smashing on you. So whatever temperature you, if it's 88, it's feeling more like 85. And at the end of the, at the, end of the day, it's never going to get over above like 91, 92, even though they're hardest times of the year, which are February and March. So, I mean, the time that I had there will be the shenanigans that we're going to talk about on Disabled But. Um, it is my, the hardship that I go through at work. So I, I do customer care for Medicare and Medicaid. The antics and the shenanigans, not with the callers, but with the hardship that you struggle with being disabled and all of the requisites, all the requisite things that are required of you to do your job. So I'm a customer service agent. I have all these bathroom problems we talked about. If I go to the bathroom, I have to clock out of, out of work. Issues like that, I openly talk about in my podcast. I'll be talking about how to get over struggles and trials with the marriage in my podcast because I'm disabled dealing with this illness. I talk about how I'm dealing with the kids because they're disabled dealing with this illness. So, but the whole thing is just about how me deals with this personally. And then I like to reach out to like-minded individuals and bring them on for interviews, which is the reason why I don't interview that much. But 
that's the podcast disabled but and it's on it's on spotify that's the it's on spotify it's on the, all the major platforms but spotify is the one that I actually jamming on myself when i share links i'm sharing links for spotify okay all right this is my favorite part of my podcast because um starting this podcast i um on my own, I reach out, I check people out on Instagram or Facebook and I go through their profile. And what strikes me on your profile was, of course, you saying the things that you're grateful for, you being a male MS warrior. For how many years has it been? Going up next month will be, my, will be year number five diagnosed. Five years diagnosed however long before and the way you thrive through the way that you are so authentic and you're you and not afraid to be you not afraid to say what people are scared to say or not or should I say or say what people want to say and that's what touched me so this is my favorite part um can you are a king you are a thriving you are remarkable you encourage and inspire people you also have educated me on things on podcasting or just friendly advice that I also thank you for um so Ken I would like to say for the agent of gratitude I would like to certify you one sick B well one definition of one sick B is a strong individual that fights through unimaginable undeniable courageous battles that life has thrown at you Ken but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. I want to be certified, you can. Yo, I appreciate I that. I appreciate that. You got to be grinning ear to ear. I appreciate that one. God, I don't. God, yeah, no, you're, you're I appreciate that. And can you give out your links for people need where they can find you at, how they can find you? Yep, absolutely. So you can catch me on Facebook. I am Kendrick Avant. That is Kendrick Avant. You can also catch me on Facebook at Agent of Gratitude. That is my that's my business profile. On Instagram, I am the Agent of Gratitude. You can catch me on Clubhouse, which is my favorite social media platform because Clubhouse is where people like me, disabled, get to actually talk to other people. So I'm on Clubhouse all the time. I'm Kendrick Avant on Clubhouse. You can catch me on LinkedIn for professional events and everything a Kendrick Avant. So you can basically catch me as Kendrick Avant or as Agent of Gratitude at every single one of your social media stops. All right. Remember, kings and queens, the definition of one sick bee is a strong individual that fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. And I thank you again for joining in and catch us on Instagram, Facebook, and all the other platforms. Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay you on it. Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it. Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes. All you ever do is smile, cause they make you worth it. Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it. You gotta adapt to the pain and you got used to hurting. You're the one that's needed help, you used to offer service. You're not alone, not by yourself, now don't forget that. 
You're always fighting, always fighting for the get back And you always trying, always grinding and I'm with that You're such a fighter and your strength is where your gifts at You know every day's a fight but every day you getting up and perform When you think there's nothing left you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent the strongest soldiers to war Like, God sent the strongest soldiers to war Every day's a fight but every day you getting up to perform And when you think there's nothing left you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent the strongest soldiers to war Like, God sent the strongest soldiers to war Thank you.